This is Dean Patino, founder of Firestarters Company. You're about to become a better leader with Bob Nolly and the Labrador Leadership Podcast. Nice. Live from the RVA, this is the Labrador Leadership Podcast with Dr. Bob Nolly. The program that brings you the leadership skills that can make you the most authentic, approachable leader for the sake of your business, your team, and for you. Now, here's Bob. Welcome back to the Labrador Leadership Podcast with Bob Nolly and myself, Alex Massa. We are lucky to have you back for another week. Um, today, we're going to kind of jump into some more uh, interpersonal workplace style uh, information. You can't uh, get too much of that. You just can't get too much of that. Bob, how are you doing? I'm you doing okay. I'm doing A-okay, and I hope you are too. That's good. That's good. Our, our, uh, our listeners should know we actually got to kind of hang out this weekend. Um, we, you know, we always, we hang out once a week, um, you know, but virtually, yeah, virtually. We, we telecommute, um, but we, we hung out on an analog basis this week Yeah, yeah because your, uh, your travels, uh, brought you down to the RVA for all assorted events, not sorted events, assorted <laughs> events. Yeah, yeah, it's good. And we got to hang out and had a sunny Sunday afternoon. It was good. <laughs> We, we lucked out. Um, the rain broke a little bit, so we got to uh, have some nice brunch with the family, which is always good. That seems, you know, when you travel, that seems to be like, you know, a requisite event. Yeah, you know, whenever I go down to Richmond, I like to visit the local businesses and and kind of uh, have my lay of the land. So I, I did a lot of that. I mean, it was, it was a nice, uh, I won't say relaxing weekend because most of it was uh, commuting, but it was it was fun. Oh, it was good. It was great to see you. It was great to see you. too. All right. So now I guess we have to stop talking about how much fun we had together. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and get into I don't know. I'm thinking everybody's thinking we either need to go into much more detail or get on with it. So I'm, I'm afraid we're just going to have to get on with it. Right. I had the crab omelet. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> All right. So uh, we're going to talk about uh, project management today, Bob. Oh, project management. You know, I think that that's that's a hot job skill now. Yeah. And you know, there's the uh, there's the uh, PMP, the Certified uh, Project Management uh, certification, coming out of the Project Management Institute and the PMBOK and all that. But you know, recently there's just been so not but so much recently, ten years, a lot of of uh, formulation around just what project management means. And I always look at it through the lens of the IT side, regardless of the industry. I've done big projects in IT and in financial institutions and, uh, and in education. But, it, you know, it could be in industrial settings as well, of course. But, you know, that's always the lens I'm kind of, of looking at. And I, I think lots of organizations today struggle when they – when they look for a good project manager to bring on, regardless of what the industry is, because they look for the certification, they go, great. He's certified. He's got it all. But you know, you go down the list of things you have to get done. And, uh, my, it looks a lot like the trait list for a great leader. Yeah. And I think that, you know, that, that extra word project, um, you know, you're going to have your, your manager, you're going to have your kind of your leaders within the company, but a project manager is sort of, micromanaging so many different teams. And, um, 
I think that, you know, that skill is definitely kind of gearing people up to go to higher leadership uh, positions because you really kind of have a mixed bag. You, you know, you're, you're learning it all. You're really learning how to, um, you know, kind of take a shared vision and uh, put a voice behind it. Um, and then, you know, you're also kind of working as a, a manager at all these people, as well as, um, you know, managing the projects. So you have to do kind of both and you don't, I don't think everyone is really ready for that when they, when they jump into a project management position. No. And, uh, that inspires a shared vision, you know, being at the top of the list, you know, we talk about transformational leadership. That's, that's the number one trait and that's creating a vision and inspiring others to follow it, creating it and saying, we're going that way and have everybody just drop right in line behind it. And of course, you're not looking at the strategic level there when you say this is a PM. You're saying for the sake of the project, here's the goal, here's the schedule, and we're going this way. And it is tough to get everybody on board. Yeah, it's it's definitely hard to to get people to work on the task in the ma- the timely manner, the manner of uh, time that you need. And it's not it's not so easy to to get people to understand that, you know, you're just expressing a, a deadline to them. Um, you know, you, you have to kind of communicate with people at all levels. So you're talking entry level to, you know, the, the owner of the company, you're, you're having to check in with all these different, these different people and departments. Um, and you know, you really have to be able to relate that to, um, kind of every branch or what your goal and your deadline and your vision is. Yeah. My, my take always has been, I've, you know, I've talked to a lot of people that have had to work in matrix organizations, tried to get work done through a team of people, none of which report to you on the org chart, but just report to you for the sake of the project. So you don't have the leverage you might have otherwise to, you know, support performance and address that kind of issue. So, you know, the only tools you really have, to, to lean on a lot of times, I mean, just like regular managers, regular managers, other managers, you have to be a good communicator. No, that's not enough. You have to be a great communicator. You have to be quick, agile, open, direct. I, I mean, you, you got no time to walk around going, what the heck is going on? Right. And I think that, you know, you kind of, um, offer the the opportunity to kind of create each person's own vision um and that kind of you know when you give that leeway um in a project it's it's not always the easiest you know you kind of have to keep checking up on people and and it's you know you don't want to feel like your project manager is babysitting you but in a way you know they really have to make sure that that project or that task is going in the right direction and that can be i think some of the, the hardest, um, you know, information to receive as, as a, a creative, um, is someone coming over your shoulder and saying, no, 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 that's not the way we wanted it. And kind of, that criticism isn't easy to take. And it's just as hard for the project manager to give that criticism. So that, yeah, let's, let's pause right there. Let's put the clutch in for just a moment. When somebody does come look at your shoulder and I'm sure somewhere in episode, uh, something teen earlier, I talked about coloring book management when 
you give somebody uh, the reins to go take on a task and then they bring it to you and they're beaming because they're on time and it is good work. And you go, oh, that's not what I want. <laughs> that's not what I want. Yeah, I said colored blue, but that's not the blue I want. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, what kind of blue is it you want? Uh, I'll know it when I see it. That whole I know it when I see it thing is just debilitating. But in a project management team, you, the, the better skills people have to accept that feedback and act on whatever feedback there is, the more effective the whole team will be, not just the PM. It takes some empathy. It takes some empathy. There's another leadership trait that was at the top of the stack. You know, we talked about creating a vision. Well, empathy is right there too. And that's not lost in the PM role. Yeah. And it, you know, the, the whole, the whole matter of, of empathy is, uh, you know, is a delicate balance because you don't want to baby your team and you don't want to go too hard on your team. And, and there's kind of that fine line and that's where that's, how you become a, a great manager and a great leader is you find that fine line between, you know, guiding your team and letting your team thrive. Uh, yeah, I think something you find on the list also is, uh, I, I don't see how you, how you can really be super effective. The best project managers I've seen have have great leadership skills and not just project management skills. And I'm thinking about things like, uh, well, I said empathy and the other, but team building skills. You have to be able to get people to uh, form consensus. You know, people don't have to agree in total, but they have to come to some consensus on what what the decision is and be able to support it going forward. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's tough. That's really tough. Yeah. You know, I don't, I, I can't say that I have too many experiences where, you know, uh, the team doesn't come to a consensus because thankfully I've always worked with some pretty great teams. Um, but you know, you don't need that added friction. You know, you already have the stress of a deadline. You already have the stress of, of a task, you know, that has a, a timeline and, and definitely has a desired outcome. So, you know, to add the, the stress of not having anyone on the same or everyone on the same page, you know, that it just becomes a huge roadblock for, um, you know, for the task at hand. Yeah. The, uh, the other thing I wanted to mention was if you are, have been with an organization or even just know that industry, for a period of time and have some, some depth of experience there. I mean, to the point of several years and not just the technical knowledge, but the business knowledge of what just drives that business or that department or whatever the business unit is, you know, you, you have a sense of competence there because if you're going to try to get people to line up behind you, they, they have to believe that, you know, what you're doing. And if they don't have, you know, even a minuscule amount of trust in your competence, I don't mean your competence in leadership, although that's certainly part of it, but I mean your competence in whatever the project involves. I mean that you know financial institutions or you know construction or you know transportation. 
And that's why recruiters, when they look for PMs to place in, in roles, they, they're looking for industry experience on top of whatever the certification might be. Mm-hmm. Because in financial institutions, you're not going to bring in somebody that's been a construction project manager and expect them to know how deposits and loans work and how they interface together. I mean, they're just going to have a passing knowledge of that as a consumer because I've borrowed money and I have a checking account. Mm-hmm. You, they're just gonna, The competence is not going to be there at all. So you do have to have some sense of competence there that people that people will trust you and get in line behind you. So what's been the most uh in your past what's been the most stressful project? You know, longer term I guess is better. I mean, it could be a short-term project as well. But what really just kept you dreading getting up and going at it in the morning? Hmm. Uh, at one point, a company of mine um, had a very controversial project um, within the community, and I it was it was difficult for me to personally get behind, and it was also different for me to kind of access these upper level heads and explain to them why they were having such a backlash from the young people in the community about this certain project. And I think that that was the hardest for me because I could see both sides. I understood where they were coming from, um, from a business sense. You know, I saw, I saw the blueprints, I saw the, the proposals, I understood why they were doing it, what they were doing it, which, you know, the, there wasn't a ton of transparency there, um, with the community about what, um, you know, what this, this company was planning. So, you know, they brought uh, myself and a couple other younger people in, in the company and said, okay, well, we need, we need your help because, you know, we're having a lot of backlash from uh, some, some younger uh, minds in the community, you know, so we need your help to access them. And so I did my best to, uh, you know, kind of prepare these, um, you know, astute businessmen with, with some ideas about how they could reach out to the youth um, in Richmond and, and kind of level with them. And it just, I mean, it was just stressful because I knew I saw both sides. And so it, that was, I think that was the hardest for me. And it wasn't because, you know, the project management was there, but, you know, they, they brought me into kind of be a youth consultant in a, in a way, but I don't think that they were really grasping or listening to what I had to say. And I think that that was the hardest thing for me is that I had all these ideas of how, you know, they could kind of reach who they wanted to reach. And the big business end of, end of the team was kind of not receptive. Yeah, that would be very tough. Yeah. So that really, I mean, and it wasn't even, you know, the project management uh, wasn't spot on. It wasn't spot on. Um, you know, the delegation of tasks was pretty uh, was pretty sparse, and you'd get things very last minute, and and you know, it, it wasn't the easiest um, thing to do. But that was probably the project that I dreaded the most: getting up and going to work and knowing that I needed to deal with that. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. That would have been a tough one. That would have been a real tough one. Yeah. You know, you don't, it's, it's strange when, uh, you can really level with both sides of a conflict, you know? Yep. Yeah. You know, I mentioned the issue of trust and, and, and looked at it through 
a competence that you have to establish as well. And I, I'm still putting that competence up there as a, a first tier item in terms of generating the trust. But I'm going to loop back to a, another one that I, you know, is right there with it, and that's integrity. Because if if your competence is observed by the project team immediately after that, they're gonna they're gonna check your integrity. And, and, and gee, I guess it may be Machiavellian enough to think that they might test your integrity at some point, but you've got to make sure your uh, actions align with your words because you could be competent and they have the experience to establish that competence. But you know, if, if your actions don't line up behind that, Oh, you're creating a tough road for you. Right. You know, that's, it's possible if you have, you know, other self-interest that if people on the team have other agendas, you, you still, you've got to be able to uh, walk the talk. That's a big deal. I agree. I think that, you, you know, it's uh, to have that integrity behind anything that you do is, is, is fairly important, especially if you want someone to kind of look up to you as a leader or allow you to, um, you know, uh, oversee their, their, their projects. And uh, what is, uh, oh, oh my goodness. Even though this comes after the confidence, so I've talked about confidence and, and integrity lining up for trust, you have to have just huge, massive problem-solving skills. And I don't mean interpersonal problem-solving skills. You have to have, you have, have problem-solving skills for all those problems that whatever the project management tool you're using is, whether it's project or something else, that come up to you like, where's the slack time and is it enough? And how do we stay on budget and on time? Because, you know, the sponsor, that's that's the question. Are we still on time? Are we still on budget? And when there's a breakdown somewhere and one or both of those are at risk, you have to be able to solve that problem and say, we could fix it, but we need this. And usually it's more resources, sometimes financial, which converts into people. And sometimes it's more time. But you have to solve that. And you have to stand behind that. We could get back on track if. You also kind of have to have all of that uh, that information kind of stored in your head beforehand, too. You have to be really prepared for um, you know setbacks. And you have to kind of be a step ahead of any problems that could arise, which is probably the most stressful part about project management is knowing that if you have to make up time, if you have to um, stretch the budget, you, you know, knowing how you're going to do that before it even hits so that it doesn't cause a huge delay in the project when it does happen. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And if you don't have the competence or the experience in the industry or, or the organization or whatever, you're you're shooting in the dark as to what those alternatives might be. And, yeah. and, and this brings me up to the, to, to the, what would be, I guess, almost a final point, but there's more. You have to be <laughs> cool under pressure. You have to be cool as the other side of the pillow, as the late Stuart Scott would say. <laughs> I mean, you really have to just not melt. You don't want your team to see you melt. You just never want the stress to show. And that's not just PMs. I think leaders are like that overall. One of the, one of the best 
leadership writers that I always respected. And we lost him just about two years ago, Warren Bennis. And I think at the end of his career, he was on, uh, he was at University of Southern Cal. And I think he was always the go-to guy on NPR when they needed somebody to talk to about leadership. Somebody, some producer would go, go get Warren Bennis. <laughs> but uh, he had uh, he had this book and this concept called The Crucible Moments. And mm-hmm. The Crucible Moment was when a leader was really under the gun. And uh, here's a quote from that. He wrote, out of the uncertainty and chaos of change, leaders rise up and articulate a new image of the future that pulls the project together. And I'm like, well, no arguing there. Never let them see a sweat. That's, that's the, you got to be cool under pressure. I agree. I can't, can't explain, um, you know, how disconcerting it can be when you see someone that you're kind of going to for guidance, having a meltdown is what I call it, you know? So all I can really say is as someone that is constantly kind of learning um, and kind of gathering experiences and tools to become a a better leader and um, a better person in in business kind of overall, you know, that's, that's sort of something that makes me stop dead in my tracks and think, am I really asking the right person for their advice or their help? If they're having, um, if, you know, if they're kind of, irrationally reacting to, you know, something that is their job. Yeah. You know, we, uh, when you get to this point where in a crucible moment, as Ben has said, or any of the moments we described here today, you almost get the headset of being in a kind of a siege mentality, like, like you're under attack. You're certainly under pressure. And one of the key skills that you have to have is the ability to delegate tasks. But when you're under siege, when you're in that crucible moment, I- I've seen more than one PM go down the tubes, at least in part, because they felt they had to do it themselves. Right. Right now is a moment of stress. Right now is a crucible moment. Right now is critical. I, I can't delegate it. I have to do it myself. And you may not have the bandwidth for it. You may not have the skill set for it. You may micromanage some resource into the ground and create a bigger problem that you have to address. I bet, I bet people are just lining up to get careers in this field after this conversation here. <laughs> well, that- you know, I, I would close by saying this, you know, these, these traits we've talked about from great communication and, and empathy and being full of integrity all the way down to your problem solving skills of being cool under pressure you get even a half a dose of that in your in your wiring you're you're an upright human being that's very effective on the job <laughs> and that's why these guys are inst- and ladies of course excuse me that's lowercase g for guys that's why they're in such demand today absolutely and it's not it it's not always the most glamorous uh job to have especially when you're managing um you know, a million projects at one time and a, and a, a bunch of different teams within a large organization, but it'll definitely kind of help you become a better, a better leader in the long run. And, and absolutely, um, you know, someone that can kind of handle anything when it comes to, when it comes to their career, which is, you know, it's a nice, uh, skill to have. Yeah, absolutely. You know, this has been a great one. We'll, we'll talk more about project management. I'm, 
we should have some, we have somebody from the field come on here and talk to us about this. Oh, absolutely. It'd be great. We we can, you know, let them shed blood here on the air and, and tell <laughs> us more. So what do you think? Well, that would be good. Eh? Yeah. I always like to get the, the up close and personal stories from them. Yeah, that's it, man. That is it. Totally. <laughs> this is uh holy cow. This has been a good one. Is this episode 30? Oh, wow. Oh my gosh. We've done it. 30 is the magic number for us. Though. That's right. I'm smiling over that. Alrighty. 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 Uh, all right, Alex, thanks for walking us through this. This is just great. Folks, you've been listening to the Labrador Leadership Podcast, episode 30. Next time, we're going to talk about, oh, are you out on the street looking for work? We may be able to help you out. <laughs> See you next time. Thanks for listening to the Labrador Leadership Podcast. For the sake of all the special people in your life that deserve you to be the best leader you can be. Connect with us on our website at labradorleadership.com, on Facebook at Labrador Leadership, and on Twitter at Lab Leadership. Now, here's a final thought from Bob. From Bob, 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 Bob. Folks, check out the show notes for links to the resources about project management and the skills you need and resources that all project managers are aware of. Everyone, have a great week. See you next time. <laughs>